0: Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash iFanboy this is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 621, brought to you by Harry's. Get your free trial set. Go to harrys.com slash iFanboy right now. That's harrys.com slash iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners like you. Help, I have done honey.
1: Again
0: today. Hello, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week number 621. I'm Josh Flanning and I'm here with my co host Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, everyone. Hello, all of you. We are iFanboy, and every week we read our stack of comics and one of us picks their favorite book. We call that the pick of the week. We're gonna talk about that book. We're gonna talk about some other books, the patron pick. Sometimes that's the same thing. And maybe if you have time we'll listen to and read some listener mail. We have to listen you have to listen to it before we read it. <laughs> listen, I'm not I'm not saying I've got a log, but uh, <laughs> It's very early. Do you think do you ever watch, you probably don't as much as I do, but do you ever watch National Lampoons and just go, wow, I really, really, really relate to Chevy Chase now?
1: <laughs> which is not what was. Well, supposed to Who did to you happen. relate to before? The kids. Because uh, they came
0: out when we were kids.
1: I think I always related to Chevy Chase on some level.
0: Okay. Well, that's his power. <laughs> Here's your spoiler warning. This is a review show. There will be spoilers. So exercise your own caution on that. You are on your own. Connor, you had the pick this week.
1: I did normally uh, regular listeners of the show know that we talk about the books we, we 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 want to talk about. And then at the end of the segment of the comics talk, uh, we do the patron pick in which the patrons over patreon.com slash ifanboy uh, vote a book onto the rundown. And this week, as has happened once and perhaps twice before, the patron pick was the same as the pick of the week, Invincible, number 144. So thank you, patrons, for voting in another oversized book as the pick of the week. And <laughs> I, actually... I do have to thank them because, if not for their vote, this wouldn't have been the pick. Because I read Invincible in trades, so this is the first time I've ever re- read them in issues. Ever? E- ever?
0: Never? Yeah, I guess that's right.
1: Because we started on trades, I moved to issues, huh? But I mean, it doesn't. I read them all at once, so it was it was like reading a trade. However, right. I mean, I read the I read six issues of Invincible leading up to this one, and then this was oversized. So thank you again, two weeks in a row, uh, an Invincible patron pick that was oversized. But I had a more of a sense of when the issues ended here, as a, obviously because the issue would end, as opposed to reading it in, in collections. Which I think Kirk, one of Kirkman's skills is to not you make is to make it not necessarily clear where the issues end. Anyway, that's true. Invincible One Forty Four, written by Robert Kirkman, art by Ryan Otley, and original artist Corey Walker. And this is the final issue of the book that we have often talked about early on in the run of the show. Not so much later because I'm in trades and Josh stopped reading. I, only a few issues ago. I had actually only missed three issues. I think it's one of the most unheralded superhero books of the last ten years. Well, yeah, there's there's a little something going on in Kirkman's other corner which tends to <laughs> overshadow it. This is a book we've talked about the entire run uh, since the beginning. We, we we were early in on Invincible, and it was a book that in the beginning of the show, we would often say is one of the, the books that you had to read uh, that no one was reading. It's a rarity. It's a book in which you have a superhero adventure in which characters grow and learn and change throughout the course of 144 issues. How many? This has started, what, 10 years ago or so? More than that, I think. Where these I'm characters sure. are now, obviously, is way different than where they are in the beginning. Life happens to them. They react to that. They they grow older. Their needs and wants change, as humans do do. And it also includes a shared universe. There was a bunch of other books like Brit and Global Guardians that tied into it. This was Kirkman creating the book that fans often say they want, which is a... Big superhero universe with consequences and stakes and characters who grow and change and learn. And this is the culmination of all of that. And it was really nice to have that. Even though I'm sad it's over because I really enjoy reading it every, every time the trade comes out. To see where this all ended up. And it all ended up, I don't, I don't want to say in a nice bow, but it, it, was, it came back around again. In the way that life is often cyclical. I really liked it, obviously.
0: To follow up, uh, it debuted in, number one was January of two thousand three, so that's fifteen years.
1: Okay, so we were doing the website, but not the show yet. Was...
0: Yeah, that's right. But we hadn't started reading this in issues. I don't. I didn't. I didn't start there. Not long after, I was a big fan of some other. I really like Kirkman's Battle Pope. Yes. And then he was doing, I think, a little Marvel stuff by that point. But I came onto this a little bit later. I I've been on issues for most of it. Yeah, you have. I think the thing that I was, it strikes me is that um, you know. Characters are allowed to grow and change and things like that. So, in that way, you know, we used to describe it as I remember it was sort of a a peer of Ultimate Spider-Man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In that it was an ongoing story about a young you know kid who became a superhero and 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 it was kind of a like a fun book at the time because if you remember we were coming out of ever you know this was when comics were trying to be dark basically yeah. and and this wasn't like that but it, like a it was it was visually not dark it's always been sort of colorful and, and not afraid
1: to look like a even superhero. when it's is dark and or super yes. bloody it still comes off like a cartoon in yeah exactly a, in a really good way and this is at a time when
0: you know early 2000s to mid 2000s really they were they were not comics were not going for that um, that when was when was when was new frontier
1: let's see around that time
0: yeah around this time and that was pretty out of place at the time and I, I remember like when when comics were really trying to be they were trying to be mature it wasn't like 1986 trying to be dark but it was definitely going in that way and they were trying to paint them and make them look realistic and well marvel that was...
1: marvel Knights had been really successful
0: yeah new frontier was the year after it was 2004 so it's the same, yeah. same same time so if you think this was actually a sort of forward thinking i guess in its in its design um and it really stood out for that for me and then also you know you had this character who was sort of interesting and fun and not un dick grayson like let's say for example i think
1: the fact that his name is grayson is not a mistake
0: no i i don't think so either but over time it did get heavier as our lives all do if you want to think about how young kirkman probably was when he started this let's let's not i exactly yeah exactly He would have been early 20s at most, I think, at this point, because he's younger than us. Anyway, but over time, like, it got heavier. And sort of in parts of it, there's some really big moral questions that were going on. It really managed to toe a line of tone. I think that a lot of comics would have had a hard time with. And and what is even more interesting to me is that, I, I mean, I don't know how much experience somebody can actually have piloting a long-form comic book series because you only get to do it so many times. But it was handled really well. And it's funny because there is a little part of me, which is ridiculous now to say, that thinks of Kirkman as a new guy. I'm like, oh, he's doing pretty good at this. And then I go, (laughs) yeah, no shit.
1: I mean, this is going to sound crazy considering the empire he's built on Walking Dead, but I think this is his masterpiece.
0: Certainly, you know, as a guy who came from loving superhero comics, you know, to, to the thing that he did, this seems more of the type, of the kinds of things that he liked. Well, know? I
1: just mean, like, I, I enjoy Walking Dead, and I still read it, mm-hmm. but, you know, this is a tighter story. This mm-hmm. tracks much better. Walking Dead not unjustly gets criticized for being falling very, into a pattern, you know. They, mm-hmm. they, they find there's a threat. They overcome the threat after you think they can, not and then they move on to find a new... Th- it's just, And that's fine, and that's the story they're telling. But I think this is a more interesting and tighter story that goes places, but then always resolves them in a satisfying way even if you're not satisfied with the way they resolve it if that makes sense mm-hmm. taken as a whole this 144 issues is it, to me is Kirkman's masterpiece as much as I enjoy Walking Dead it's interesting how much this guy
0: Kirkman has evolved into somebody who really is dealing with like large-scale moral
1: mm-hmm. choices
0: and that's what a lot of like, this is actually larger scale moral choices than it is over in Walking Dead because at least that's only just sort of a small number so of universe people spanning time. yeah but this is really big, and and I, I don't know what it would feel like to read again from the beginning, but it feels like all the stuff was kind of there, like he knew what everything was. So when he started moving pieces around, he didn't double back on himself at all.
1: Well, let's talk about the issue itself, obviously, because it wasn't yeah. pick, pick of the week because of the series. This was a really fine final issue. I don't want to call it the six feet under issue, because it's, yeah. it, it's not about how everyone dies, but it kind of felt that way. We kept moving forward in time. We kept jumping further and further ahead to see how these characters had moved on. And so it felt that way to me, even if it wasn't about their deaths. So the big final storyline, which has taken place over the last year of Invincible, has been the um, the big final battle, the end of all things, with the Viltrumites. They finally defeat them. His Mark's father is killed in the battle. I uh, remember, spoiler warning. And uh, Mark is ascended to the emperorship of the Viltrumites as much as he didn't want to. And if this is, you know, I think that's been the pull of the series is that Mark's destiny has been calling him the whole time. And even when he didn't want it to, mm-hmm. um, and he, it, it had to go that way. He had to take the mantle of his father. And then the big, the big thing for this issue is that his son by way, that's by way of the rape, right? Yes. So he was raped by a Viltramite woman. Anissa. Many, many issues ago. Mm-hmm. and he didn't know that she had a son. And so this issue is all about the son, really, who grows up to become his father in some ways. And and then the, the other part of the family tree, which is his daughter with with Eve, who um, is also a superhero or superpower person who grows up in a different way. and it, it, it sort of follows the generational tree of Mark, even though, you know, as a might Mark's pretty much not immortal, but he ages very slowly. And apparently Adam Eve is immortal.
0: Yeah, that was an interesting little trick because basically uh, this is one point where they, they call back the daughter and uh, it's, oh, she's on her deathbed. She's super old. And I think, oh, right, she's not a viltrumite. She's not the same as that. And then she sort of just regenerates herself. And there's the last panel on that page where she just goes, rad. <laughs> like, and, and I was like, well, that's the fun part of the book. Yeah. There's all this heavy stuff going on. But that's the same character from issue one drawn by Cory Walker from issue one. <laughs> you know, And I, I really like that as sort of a callback on tone. Yeah. For um, sure, and it, then it
1: keeps going where, you know, now his son is is basically the age he was when he was in his prime, and they have a conflict, but it doesn't end the way that they're conf- like, it 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 just shows how different Mark is than his father in that these same events keep happening, but they don't go the same, they don't end up going the same direction. Yeah. I think his daughters are really interesting and fun character. Yeah, uh, and I think the conflict, not the conflict, but the difference between her and his son are really is really interesting, and I liked that we got a whole backstory of the son in essentially like one to two pages where he mm-hmm. shows up as an adult very angry and jealous because he doesn't consider himself the you a know, real son or maybe his father's ashamed of him. And they get all that worked out in two pages mm-hmm. in a way that felt real and realistic and didn't feel like that was shortchanged. I feel like I got that whole years-long conflict distilled to two pages. And
0: also, though, I mean, that's a pretty big matzo ball to be hanging out there. Right. If they ever want to pick this up again, you've got the two kids, you know, Oh, for sure. What's his name? Marky, I guess,
1: (laughs) you know, he has to have a super team called the funky bunch, right? Come on, come on. (laughs) So ends really nicely, you know, Mark gets the nice moment. I mean, he's still the emperor of the Viltrumites. He's still dealing with a lot of stuff, but he, you know, his, he's got his wife and his daughter and, and everyone's happy. And, uh, I really liked this issue a lot. I, I mean, it also wasn't, you know, there was sadness. He and he and um, Alan Alien Alan, are basically... Alan the Alien. Alan the Alien are broken, their friendship, and that was sad. And they go to war. I really liked this issue. The, the art from both guys, you know, Cory Walker was the original artist. He wasn't on for very long. Ryan Ottley took over and really made the book his own. I always liked them both for different reasons, and mm-hmm. uh, it was nice to see them both get half the book.
0: I've found myself thinking for a long time, what is Ryan Otley going to do after this? And also, what the hell is Corey Walker doing? You know, cause they're both similar, but not the same. You can no. instantly tell the difference. I think it's it's really, I find it really sweet that, you know, they both got an equal number of pages here. Like, Corey Walker has always gotten his due on this book, I think. It's not, you know.
1: Well, he he always would come back for, like, an issue. Yeah, or an arc. He did, he did a couple arcs yeah. over the past but, I mean, really was... Otley really... Yes. When the book took off and got super crazy was when Otley was doing it. He really and, just defined the look of the of those giant battle scenes.
0: And, and Otley, you know, he's he's one of the best superhero artists out there. Yes. I mean, we haven't seen him do a lot of different stuff, but, I mean, he's got his own style but it's it's sort of instantly recognizable it's you know very exciting you know he's got good storytelling he's got good character design he's got all that stuff he's got he can do action he can do comedy you know he, he you know he can kind of do anything right now um, but he's been living in this sort of rarefied space where his you know his thing was just put the issues out every month not unlike Charlie Adlard but he gets more breaks because they'll have fill-in issues every once in a while
1: right
0: but it'll be really really fascinating to see what, what he does next
1: for sure and it's an end of an era, you know. This is there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of yes. a lot of these books that have been seminal. I fanboy books are, you know, they're going away, and it's sad. This is when the book goes always around, and it's not. Invincible one forty four, Robert Kirkman, Ryan Otley, Corey Walker, Mark Morales, Nathan Fairbairn, Russ Wooten. That's the entire creative team. This is an issue to be proud of, and it's a run to be proud of for sure.
0: Yeah, and it was a, it was a strong ending, which I had no doubt about, really, because. Just, they've always known what this is. They did what it was supposed to. Yeah,
1: this is Kirkman getting to do superhero books the way I guess yep. he wishes they were done.
0: Wow, uh-huh.
1: super fun! If you're if you're a superhero person who wants this kind of story, you now you have 144 issues to check out, and it's you know if you've never read it before, it's awesome. I agree. 25 collections, so if you want to read it that Ooh, way,
0: yeah, or or a bunch of large books.
1: Yes. I don't know how many of those are still in print, but they they exist. So until I got to Invincible, I thought maybe the pick of the week might be kill or be killed. Number 16, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, Elizabeth Breitweiser. Are you still reading this? Yeah, Yes, but you're on your own this week. Okay, you because didn't
0: read it. Was the, it was the last one that I was like, I got to get to that. I got to get to that. And then I realized I didn't get to it.
1: But I'm looking at it. What I like about this issue is we don't know what the fuck is going on. I was just making fun of this last night. The main character, I was like, we don't know anybody's names. The main character... Is in the insane asylum because he's either hallucinating the demon, or or he's not. Or he's not. Meanwhile, someone's out there in the world uh, killing oh, people right. as him. There's you know there's a, there's a vigilante copycat who mm-hmm. in this issue kills a cop, which is a big problem. All I'm hearing is that he has plausible deniability for everything that is happening. Sure, but the, the 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 cliffhanger at the end, and I'm going to spoil it for you. Is that's fine. His old roommate, either. Is the one out there killing people Dylan? Dylan's the old roommate. Or the reveal is that Mark is, this, that Mark is the invincible. Whoever the hell is roommate. No, Dylan's the main dude. We don't know anyone's names. Dylan's the main dude. The roommate calls Bellevue to check on Dylan, and they said he was released after 72 hours. So the question is, is he even actually in an insane asylum? Yeah. That's the big cliffhanger.
0: So, my thing with this book is, I tend to enjoy reading it, but I don't look forward to it, and I put it off. Like when I get it, I'm like, I don't need to read that way. This is what happened this week with it. Uh huh. I kind of feel like I want it to be over,
1: <laughs>
0: and and I don't mean that in the like. It, I don't mean I don't like it or it's not good, but I feel I feel like we're going in circles for a really long time, and I keep losing interest in it until I get back on. I don't look forward to it, and 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 I. Like the mystery keeps getting spun out longer and longer, which is what uh, something I call I term the lost effect. Mm-hmm. And even though it's well done, I just I kind of don't care enough to keep going like that. And I'm but, gonna read it. I just but you do exactly. I'm right. Re- I'm on a line basically. Like if you were to take this book away from me right now, I would probably be fine. But when I read it, I'm like, yeah, oh, it's pretty good. Like because it is pretty good. It's done pretty well, you know. And I have to respect that, but. I don't know. It's also it's it's the other thing is I find it really grim and hopeless and everybody's sad
1: in it and you know <laughs> you, lots of people you getting can't shown. deal with that right now.
0: I kind of don't want
1: to. No, that's fine. But it's really good. I really like it. I like that. I'm never quite sure what exactly is going on with this particular book. I don't necessarily always like that as a as a storytelling device, but unless I'm completely reading it wrong, which I could be, I'm I'm, I'm allowing for that fact. It seems to be the cliffhangers implying that who knows what the fuck's actually happening here
0: i trust that ed brubaker actually does
1: i hope he does mm-hmm. but we may not but i really like it so i don't know what to make of captain america captain america 698 came out this week
0: Ah, uh, yeah
1: based on the first issue obviously it was a pick of the week and we loved it so much and there's been issues since then that we've really liked on steve's road trip across america i don't know what they're doing here he gets zapped to the future not far He was *Back to the future at the end of the last issue, and he sees a world in which everything's gone to hell. Tyranny and oppression have won. The rich elites have sort of walled themselves off, and everyone else is living in a hellscape. And there's, like, radiation-created half-animal creatures, and it's all real bad. And the big reveal is that it's not not like 100 years in the future, or even 200 years. It's like 10 or 7 years. So you're not sure if you like that? I, I, on its own, sure. I don't know what this book is, is about. It's about Captain America. I, obviously. Well, I'm, I'm saying like, so this is,
0: A, it's called out of time. And Captain America's whole thing is he's a man out of time. But we tend to get away from that from time, from time to time. And so I think this is a way, I don't know. I, I like what they're doing. I like that it's really abrupt and pretty bombastic. But, you know, we know who he is and we know the stakes sort of all the time. We very quickly get a rundown of this sort of scary, not-too-future world that you know that that I feel like Brian Wood could have consulted on. Right, sure. I don't know. I, I thought it was fun. It, to me, it feels like a Captain America book. Like I feel like this is something that Jack Kirby would have done. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't so different than what Rick Remender did.
1: I think that's what was strange to me because I feel like I, as much as we enjoyed that, I feel like that was very poorly received generally. Yeah, and it seems odd to go back to putting him in an alternate world i didn't dislike the issue i just i doubt it'll last that long though this will be a couple few issues sure anymore. i mean it's gonna be it's not gonna last past 700 so it's not gonna go more than that but i mean
0: the, the thing is this though is this the best looking book for sure it's the best looking book right The yeah. from from matt wilson's colors to i mean i know we talk about somnia a lot but he is tearing it up here yes uh, the 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 world that was created for however this short little world, you know, there's all this rubble, there's tanks, there's, you know, new villains and people to be designed. Say what you will, but God damn it Captain America looks cool in a trench coat.
1: No, for sure. And I, I want to reiterate, I didn't dislike the issue. I just was a little yeah, bewildered by the choice, the storytelling choice. The shot, there's a one panel shot of the
0: throne room. Yes. Where the light's coming from above and there's this sort of twisted staircase and these huge, you know, guards and the villain who is in a shadow and... It's just, it's it's real good. It feels like Captain America to me. That's, that's you know, it doesn't matter. I think it doesn't matter what you put behind him. He becomes Captain America. I think maybe what you're talking about, and I can see this, is that we were sort of looking for this road trip around America, and it didn't last very long. But maybe it, maybe it, it will. Maybe this is sort of exploring that, but in a different light, and then he'll be in Nebraska when we come back.
1: I like that no matter what age or year, the super rich will wear top hats, spats, cravats, <laughs> I mean, just that's just a signifier. That's just <laughs> I mean, come on. If I'm a super rich asshole, I'm also going to dress like the penguin. There is on
0: one of the pages where they show them, it looks like he's from the side and he has like a yes. pointy
1: mm-hmm. no is that like a logo from something? It looks like the New Yorker. Yes, it does. That's yeah. what I was looking for. Yeah. I like the idea that the the super rich had frozen cap as like a totem. <laughs> That's what they do, like hanging Han Solo on the wall. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, it was fun. I just was like, Like, what
0: is this book doing? I did have a little bit of did I miss an issue, but I was like, no, part one. Let-. And I, I like when they do that. As mm-hmm. long as I'm not lost going into it, I'm fine with that.
1: Speaking of lost. Oh, no. I'm a little lost on slots. I really like slots. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I, I lose track a little bit of all the different relationships like it opens up with the, with a guy talking about his history with stanley mm-hmm. and i was like who is this guy again there's so many ex-wives and girlfriends and they swapped and stanley slept with all of them and whose daughter is the the stripper and like i just i think i need to read this all in a go i really like this a lot this was great There was a really fun darwin cook nod in here but like i really i think i need to read it all at once just to keep track of all the different myriad ways these people are related to each other I
0: It's funny because I wasn't lost on this one. I was like, okay, I know who these people are now. And I felt that I enjoyed it more because of that, mm. which is kind of interesting. Like so Stanley and, and this other dude uh, were friends and they had wives and then Stanley slept with the one wife and then they broke up and then Stanley left. So this other dude took the other wife and then they had the kid... It doesn't matter. I I, I think I don't know how to explain it, but I thought I understood as we were going. But I get the basis of the relationship. I like that we don't know. Like Basically, Stanley comes in, and he makes this guy who hates him, although he says he can't hate him. He doesn't trust him or whatever. He makes him a deal. He's going to throw this fight. And he's just super confident about everything all over the place. And I don't know where he's going to go. And this isn't like we were just talking about in the Burbaker book where I don't know what's going to happen. Like I know something's going to happen, but I'm not sure what it's going to be because I don't know where this guy's coming from. And he's a wild card in Vegas, obviously.
1: Who is – what is his name? What is the guy's name? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I don't know his name. This is is a really fun (laughs) recurring theme that – Listeners might not love the first page. Okay, Stanley's friend, yeah. who he betrayed, and who is he talking to? He's talking to the daughter, who is okay. the, the dancer. I see. And he's trying
0: to steal her away from her mother's show. And that's his actual daughter. I don't th- think. I I it might. I don't think so. Maybe, but I don't think so. But I know that he used to be with her mother. Okay, his stepdaughter. But what's confusing? is That when you're trying to get all this straight, Stanley's actual son is
1: named Lucy. <laughs> so, you. Not, you're, Dan Pinochet's not helping. What you we're,
0: think you're getting somewhere like, who the fuck is Lucy? Oh, it's
1: that tough boxer dude.
0: That is not helpful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the main thing is this book is gorgeous. And I think it's going to read really well together. I think there's, it one more. I assume one more issue.
0: Yes, one more. Six is the final.
1: There's some great. Dan Panosian working here. There's a big fight in the end where everybody wants to beat up on Stanley, but Lucy shows up and kicks their asses. I like that. This was great, art-wise. They need to not name that guy Lucy. I really appreciate Stanley's commitment to free tacos.
0: I was about to bring up that we went back to the taco truck this time. And again, it's not just a background. Like, we have to actively discuss tacos. <laughs> he really likes those tacos. And I don't think it's just because they're free, although I think
1: that helps. And the, the tough part is I read that and I go, I also want tacos. I'm going to make tacos tonight. But they're not going to be free. Well, no, but they're not so expensive that I can't have another one. (laughs) That's true. I just want to go to a taco truck is what I'm saying after reading this. I'll have carnitas for days. It's going to be all good. Dr. Strange 385. Yeah, just wraps
0: up the Sorcerer Supreme as Loki story. I think this was a patron pick to start the arc. Yes, yes it was. Donny Cate's first arc with the uh, fantastic Gabriel Hernandez-Walta and and Jordi Belair on uh, Art and Color. This whole arc was just a delight. Yes, it was. This was terrific. It had no right to be that because <laughs> the Sentry and the Void were that were the centerpiece of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we're so hungry for good comics that we're like, "Fine, show us what you got." And it, and it totally worked out. Also, there was a panel in here where the Sentry gets mad at Doctor Strange, and he kind of pouts at him. He's just leave me alone. And the, and then the next panel is he
1: is a boom, and then he's flown away. I really liked that, just as a storytelling element. This was like a reset. Issue. Mm-hmm. So at the end of this, it's all been reset. century has gone. Loki's no longer the uh, Sorcerer Supreme. Even, uh, what's-her-name's gone? Zelda. Zelda. So it's back to So it's sort of resetting the status quo.
0: He has a ghost dog now.
1: He does have a ghost dog.
0: And presumably, he will then find the way of the samurai.
1: That's a early 2000s indie movie joke for those of you out there paying attention. There was a couple of issues like that this week where this was a reset. But I, I did like this a lot. This was, this was a contender for Pick of the Week. Oh, great. I hope that Walter stays on the book. I mean, I don't have any reason to think he won't, but you never know these days. Yeah.
0: I really liked with Loki. A, the characterization of Loki was pretty spot on. And you kind of think you're getting a handle on it. And then there's a little twist. And he's like, all right. I was lying and of course he was lying you know and and then you know you think you've got it, it's like oh, i was lying there too and it happened <laughs> like three times and i was like that's what's supposed to, that's what loki's supposed to be like and i i enjoyed that because i don't it's really easy they're doing it with dr doom where we're at least in some books uh where you know he's he's turning over a leaf, and we're supposed to believe like he totally is and i'm fine with that like i don't ever want Loki. It's like it's like the Joker. Like I don't ever want. Well, him the thing to be... is,
1: right? That's Marvel's thing: is to make the bad guys good guys. So y- you can see why the heroes fall for it because we keep falling for it. Sure. Like, well, obviously he's he's no, he's lying. Obviously he's damn it, he's lying. So Loki works really well in that instance, and he can play against Marvel type. And if you make sure to keep that one guy like that, but always
0: just keep fooling us, I'm fine with it. It's a good move.
1: And also, amongst the reset is that most of the magic is back, not all of it, but uh, Loki has restored much of the magic that was taken away in the Jason Aaron arc. Good, yes, good.
0: let's I mean, not Jason Aaron's story was great, and I really liked it, but this is like when Damien died, and you're like, all right, just get on with it now. like <laughs> reset it. I don't care. I don't need to explain how it came back. It doesn't invalidate what happened before they told that story let's 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 not keep telling the leftovers of that story forever, right. So go with that. This
1: was a solid – we have more books to talk about, but this was yes. this is a solid week of comics.
0: Going well so far. You know what else is going well? What's that? My face. Hmm. My face is – out of everything else, my face is going great. I credit that largely to
1: Harry's. Well, you've been shaving again. I I have? You, you told me you shaved and your wife was like, hmm, don't like it.
0: Yeah. Well, I have to shave around the areas. I see. I keep the beard, which is – I try my best to make it manly, but, uh, you know, around, like it, it, basically the stuff underneath, the stuff around that get, that doesn't grow in fully, it needs to be excised regularly. And so that is what I use it for. I would say, I would say this is not scientific, but I, I think my incidence of, uh, of razor bumps and things like that are way down. For sure. Partially. Yes. Because, I, you know, the hairy stuff is actually affordable enough that I don't try to use it forever. <laughs> Which is, a, which is a real thing because I would hate going to have to – I'm like, oh, I need new ones. I ah, Just forget it. But I'm a big fan, so that's why we're talking to you about it. Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price, which is exactly what I just said without looking at that as the next part that I was supposed to say. Which is why over three million guys have switched to Harry's. Jeff and Andy were two ordinary guys who are fed up with getting charged an arm and a leg for razor blades, so they started Harry's to fix shaving harry's stripped out the unnecessary features like vibrating handles which we've talked about or heated handles or heated blades or any heated handles i don't want current going through the thing with the (laughs) very sharp thing no okay they started harry's to pick shaving and uh they're cutting out a lot of the costs that were unnecessary that were making the razor blades that we were buying so expensive and delivering a really good product to customers a good shave comes down to good blades because harry's owns the factory which is in germany they're able to deliver amazing quality blades for just $2 a blade compared to $4 or more that you will pay at a drugstore. Or I believe the market price in San Francisco is uh, $78. <laughs> <laughs> I might I want to check because I had to buy some once there. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then you got to pay 15 cents for a bag. All the products are backed by a 100% quality guarantee. Harry's is so confident that you're going to love their blades. They'll give you their trial shave set for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash ifanboy and you just pay for shipping. Again, that's harrys.com slash ifanboy. Claim your free trial offer from Harry's today, which is a $13 value when you you sign up. Uh, Just cover shipping, like we said. Your free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, which does not buzz, vibrate, heat up, light up. It does the job it is supposed to. Five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. A rich, lathering shave gel in there, which I like. I actually need some more of that. And, of course, the coveted travel blade cover. Um, so that your little dot bag does not become your personal hell.
1: <laughs>
0: get, to, get your free trial over at Harrys.com slash iFanboy right now. Harrys.com slash iFanboy.
1: When you don't have the travel blade cover, it's almost like you've booby-trapped your own bag.
0: It's it's, it's basically knob.
1: I'm gonna stick my fingers in here, and I may end up getting cutting them off. But I care. I travel with really, really sharp blades. Apparently, Miss Marvel 27 I wanted to check in because we haven't talked about this book in a while. Uh, still going strong. Are you still reading it? Off and on, but I, I'm not. I, I On a heavy week, I was like, eh. This particular arc has been really fun. Miss Marvel is gone. She is not active. So all of her friends, many of the friends we've met uh, over the course of the series, have taken up the mantle. they wear wearing versions of her costume to keep Jersey City safe in her absence. And it's not going all that well. So they had to call in uh, Captain Marvel at the end of here, but it's, it's been really fun to have the supporting cast take center stage and try to do her job and realize how hard it is, but also not completely being real bad at it. They they do manage to solve a mystery. It's just that they can't defeat the villain, so they uh, they use the bat signal basically and call in Captain Marvel, the the uh, emergency, not the bat signal, the Jimmy Olsen's uh, signal watch basically, that that Captain Marvel had given to Miss Marvel, call her in. So it's gonna be a team up between Captain Marvel and the. Scooby Gang next month, and they're fun. They're super fun. G Willow Wilson has a great voice for all these characters. The art is often different. This issue is Nico Leon, but it, they're all in that style. It's sort of almost YA mm-hmm. style. Yeah, there's a YA comic book style, and is wasn't there. And uh, it really works for this comic. Uh, it's it's a super. It's still it's still one of the most fun books I, I read every every month. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: I think when she sort of wasn't the focus, I I lost a little bit of steam on it. Ms. Marvel herself, Kamala? Yes, Kamala. Yeah, but it hasn't been bad. I just didn't really know who anybody was anymore. So I was like, no, I can skip that. That'll be fine. But I come back in and eh, I find that works.
1: The Flash 40, which is part two of the Grodd story, in which uh, Grodd has a degenerative disease and he's desperate to cure it with speed force. A couple of things here. One, I like the idea of... A super telepath who's got a degenerative brain disease, so he he really feels the pain of that as everyone does. But someone who's telepathic, it's really hard for him. Two, the art was terrific, and three, this issue ended very similarly to Hal Jordan the Green Lantern Corps this week, in which the mantle is handed off. In this issue, a Flash Barry loses his powers; they are sucked out by Grodd, so he's he turns to Wally and says, "You're Flash now." Huh? And uh, you didn't read this, did you? I did. No, I did.
0: And I thought that's that's significant. I don't choose to believe that we've got Barry permanently out now. No, for sure not.
1: For sure. I don't think
0: they should, but it makes room for Wally and and you can shuffle things around for a little bit. I really, I liked the, like I know about Grodd, but I actually haven't read a lot of stories with him. Mm -hmm. I like that he's such a grave threat, but also he's a giant monkey. (laughs) <laughs> like, I like that, that sort of mixing of ridiculous and heavy. There's a bit where, where Barry basically was like, you, you don't, you can't handle Grodd. You need to go.
1: Well, if you think about it, for, I mean, you take away the telepathic, super intellect powers. I mean, he's a gorilla. Yep. So that's in and of itself terrifying from a physical standpoint. So you add that, the gorilla, the super strong, physically intimidating presence, and now you add super intellect and telepathy. He's really a formidable villain.
0: Yeah, but he's also ridiculous. Sure. And I like those I like the the combination of those two things and and I like when it gets written that way.
1: And in the end of Green Lanterns, Hal and Kyle were trapped by Zod. Hal's able to get Kyle out with his ring for reasons we're not going to get into, but he ends up wearing Hal's ring and he's got a, with a new costume and you know, when we first started doing this, there was the divide of fans. There was the Wally, Kyle, Connor Hawk fans, and there was the Oliver... There are no Connor Hawk fans. Barry and Hal Jordan fans. they were at the time. In this month, they sort of handed off the mantles back to the younger guys for a minute. So we'll see how that goes. Wally West is back. Yeah, so I'm still reading
0: The Wildstorm Michael Cray. Number five came out. Basically, every two issues, they take another DC hero and make a serial killer version of him. Yeah. <laughs> This time we were doing Aquaman who lives in a castle in a weird town uh, around New Zealand, something mm-hmm. like that. So they send Michael Cray down there to, to kill him, basically. You know, and the, the townspeople make offerings of their virgins to the sea. And then, you know, like the creepy, scary Aquaman guy shows up with all his sharks and they eat it and makes them happy. And then they let the fishermen have a catch or fish so that they have food.
1: How do you feel about this? Considering that we didn't like it when they did it in the DC horror book, it made all the heroes like these awful villains. It's, it's. Um, you're allowed to like this one.
0: I, I, it's not a. I mean, I assume that it's a. It's a question of how it's done. Mm-hmm. Like you know, in the in the DC, like some of that was, it was a little. I was almost a little more. I was going to say more twisted, but that's not it. But this is sort of a, a Warren Ellisian. I mean, obviously, like it's a spun off from Warren Ellis's little world that he's building irreverence to it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you have a you have a character to latch on to in the form of this Michael Cray. So there's a consistency there and he's got his story that's ongoing, you know, and he's trying to solve a problem. And none of this really matters. It's just sort of an interesting tonal experiment, really. Uh, But there is a story, whereas the short stories just felt kind of nihilistic with nothing to grab onto. Maybe that's the difference. Or maybe it's just you know craft. Maybe it's just how it's being done. I don't yeah. really know, but because I don't know. Like at first, I said this is stupid, and then I was like, this is this is this is stupid, and it's a fine line, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know? But I, I find myself looking forward to this book. I really I've really been enjoying it.
1: Lazarus X plus sixty six number six. Not the best title. <laughs>
0: That's true, but it doesn't bother me.
1: I've enjoyed this. I don't game. care. You don't care. No, I mean I don't care about the title. Okay. I like this issue, although I feel like you could have not read most of the captions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's probably true. And it's funny because I normally don't really like the poetic prose style being inserted in here. Certainly not at like midnight where I'm like, I keep reading. But it worked for me. I think that when we got into sort of the main story of this, what the dragon. The Russian Lazarus, yeah. Yeah. I
1: enjoyed it. I enjoyed the art style. I liked a different take on. I, mean, I thought the the story was fun. I just felt like this special ops guy who's been sent to kill the dragon. It was very purpley the prose, and there's a lot of it yes. leading into his confrontation with the dragon. I thought once, once once the dragon started talking, once he got to the dragon, it was it really it was great. Yep, that's kind of and
0: and I think that's what I chose to latch onto,
1: and so I kind of forgot
0: about the hunter and the whatever. I really, I really I enjoyed isn't really the right word, but like the shelf the shelf of heads. The shelf of heads and the you sort of the the open spaces, you know, it, it's it's very like classic, you know, Russian bear bad guy versus you know whoever else. Right. But you know, we grew up with that, so it certainly plays to a familiar spot. I think.
1: I think we're underselling the shelf. He's got two cabinets of heads. Yeah. Which I don't think I noticed before. I like the the lesser heads on the bottom, which don't need to have plaques. Those are your low, your well heads, not your top shelf heads. You know. <laughs> If you look, the top shelf is all reserved for the la- the other Lazarai. This, you know,
0: these. Are... And I, I liked it like when he's sitting there talking to him. There's a brief moment where you're like, oh, maybe he's going to be like a reasonable person. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Your head's going on a shelf.
1: Would you like some tea? Oh, okay. Everything's <laughs> going to be fine. It's not. Although he gets to keep his hat, so that's nice. If you read the back, and I'm sure you didn't, this book didn't exactly help them with their scheduling issues, which is why it existed originally. The next issue of Lazarus is not going to be out until April. It's not so bad. It's not so bad, but uh, April, and then they're going to skip June. It's going to be basically the same as before. Hmm. So, you know, it's indie comics, it is what it is, but...
0: Yeah, it's not so bad. I can take a break. This was a nice diversion into the world, and it could
1: have it been could have been a lot worse. Sure. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. Could have been a lot worse. Josh Flanagan and I, fanboy. Put that in the cover.
0: I liked it. I've, I've made a point to talk about the book. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I twisted it on you. Let's head over to Star Wars Corner very briefly. Okay. You, 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 you can go have some tea. That's fine. Nowadays. No, I don't want tea.
1: Oh, that's a good point.
0: <laughs> Cigarette?
1: No.
0: <laughs> Darth Vader, the Charles Soule version, which is different than the Kieran Gillen version, which then got spun off into Dr. Afra. This really is Darth Vader going around killing people. It's kind of what it is. How is that to read? It's pleasantly enjoyable. Hmm. Because it's it's not unlike The Punisher, really. Like, you think that there's going to be some other, like, maybe we'll find something about his character. Nope. And then there's just, there's always, there always has to be a shot of just Darth Vader face. And it has that, well, I guess you read into that whatever it is you want to, like in the movie. (laughs) And
1: I just, you know. Well, because in the the comics, you can't do the imperceptible head tilt, you know, that, that you read all these emotions into. Yeah, but they... They get to it in their comic book way, and a
0: lot of times there'll be like one shot that doesn't move, and then like the next will be the same, but there'll be a, a word balloon, so indicating that there's some sort of movement. But even though he's a bad guy, you know, there's there's something interesting about his ultimate confidence and competence that is sort of always happening through here and, and these tricks within tricks that are going on. And I think that soul has struck just the right tone in making sure not to take this too seriously.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, Giuseppe Camicoli is just an artist who I really look forward to seeing. He's great. He's yeah. wonderful in these Star Wars books, without sort of the robotic thing that Salvatore Laroque is doing on his. Right, I dig
1: it. It's a, it's a it's been a really fun series, and in different in the way. So that he's Karrant what is the overall story other than going around killing people? Right now, what's happening?
0: Trying to hunt down uh, stuff that's left over from the Jedi's. He's got the Inquisitors, who I guess were in one of the cart, and they're like fallen Jedi who then now work at hunting down any remaining Jedi. But the whole time, like Palpatine is fucking with him. Hmm. So like this in this issue, like a bunch of people try to kill him, and he's like, "What the hell's going on here?" And he he makes the assassin hack backwards to find out who paid him, and it was like it's the capital in Coruscant, and she's like, "That was really easy to find." And they just show a shot of Palpatine. So Palpatine's just constantly fucking with him.
1: Well, as we know, Palpatine will do that yeah. to people, much like our patron power friend. <laughs> yes. oh
0: God, I got to. Lewis of-
1: Williams, who has the Palpatine on his shoulder all the time. Okay. So, and that's actually a really good segue. I didn't intend to the patron powers, uh, as we said in the top of the show. This is normally where we talk about the patron pick, but the patron pick was invincible, so we're, we skip that. But if you go to patreoncom ifanboy any patron at any level can vote for the patron pick every week and put a book into the rundown. And also, if you give it a five dollar higher level, you get your own superpower, as we bestowed upon you on the show. As we said, Lewis Williams in the past was given. He's really he keeps coming back to this. He, he's he's getting his money's worth. So let's give out some superpowers this week. Will A, coincidentally, has a tiny lightsaber
0: about three inches that can come out of the tip of his nose. Tip of tip. The tip of his nose.
1: Just the blade <clears throat> or the handle?
0: No, just the blade. So he has a laser-based cutting implement that comes three inches out of the end of his nose.
1: Well, you know, that's actually pretty deadly if you walked up to Oh, sure. Yeah. Like if he was about to get mugged, he'd be like, whoosh. You'd well, even then, he, just, he could just put his head next to somebody's head, and then it would come out and kill them. Hmm? So you yeah. actually gave someone a very tactical weapon.
0: I think so. I, I think there's, there's use to it, although it would take a little bit of uh, strategy to figure out the best way to use it, but, you know,
1: it's there. Luke Pacheca. Paseca? Pacheca. Mm. So you know how, like, uh, you'll be like, oh, I got a weird feeling in my back or arm or something? Mm -hmm. You don't know what it is in your stomach. Am I sick? Am I just old? Mm -hmm. Luke knows what every feeling in his body means exactly. Wow. Yeah. So, for instance, if you had, like, a stomach pain and you didn't know if it was a flu or if it was appendicitis, Mm -hmm. Luke would know immediately. Oh, that's my appendix. I got to go to the hospital. He's completely in tune with his body. I bet that doesn't save him any money, though, because they're
0: not going to listen to him. Like when he goes in, he's like, "No, you don't have to do all that. It's appendicitis. Just go
1: ahead." I don't know. It depends on how, how persuasive he is. Hmm.
0: Does he have to understand the medical, uh, f-
1: uh, you know, uh, features and and explanations in order to explain it? Well, obviously, I think he's studied quite a bit, right, to to facilitate his visits to the doctor. But he he just knows. Yep, that's the spleen. No, it's all <gasps> right. Just just flaring up today. Wow, it's he—he it, he can say without a doubt, not cancer. Exactly, he doesn't need WebMD to tell him he's got cancer. Oh,
0: that sounds—that sounds delightful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, next up is
0: <laughs> Randall Buchanan, <laughs> He's Civil War general. <laughs> I was thinking of a different thing. Uh, he can tell you what year every single president was born. So he, he just, just studied. No, he knows it. He's never studied. You would, you would say to him, Theodore Roosevelt, and you'd be like, 1860. He would just know.
1: He, he doesn't know why he knows. It's a curse. He doesn't know why, yeah. Just U.S. presidents, though. So, Does he know their terms or just their dates of birth?
0: Just dates of birth. He just knows instantly.
1: And I think if you check, I think I
0: got Theodore Roosevelt right. Abraham Lincoln, 1809. I Eric. think I got that right. I'm not sure, though. But the thing is, if Randall Buchanan was here, he would know. Yeah, he'd be like, Josh, you're wrong. No, and he would roll his eyes at me because he, he doesn't understand why everybody doesn't just inherently know that.
1: James V gets all the TV channels. <laughs> in, what, in what way? All of them. Uh, any TV he's near gets all of the channels. Oh. Yeah. It's sort of a... Sort of a dying art, though, in a in a post-channel world. No, <laughs> well, there's still a lot of channels out there, and he gets them. <laughs> I like, I like how it just is what it is.
0: There's a lot of channels, and he gets them. Is that good or not? He gets them, Josh. <laughs> you have
1: to ask James. I don't know. He gets them all, though. Do I get that channel? Oh, don't worry about it. James is coming over.
0: <laughs> Doesn't matter.
1: Yeah.
0: Does he function as an antenna?
1: He's a cosmic TV antenna. Wow. Yeah. And it works it works um internationally. So if he's in London for instance, he gets all the British channels.
0: Can he get all the British channels in in the US though? No, it's in territory. <laughs> Based on the offering by the local cable company
1: no, just, or It's it's you know, that's that's a mystery he may never solve, but you know, it's kind of like <laughs> Who is the one leaping Sam Beckett around? No one really knows. Who Who is right. the one giving James all of his channels? We may never know the answer to that. Like if he goes to Canada, he's got all of them. CBC.
0: Okay, but say that you're in Chem the Northeast, 7. right? Your options are Comcast or DirecTV, but they both have different packages. Mm-hmm. He gets them all.
1: <laughs> he's going to 11. Yes. <laughs> you just... <sighs> You just Nigel (laughs) Tuffman. Patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's where you can go uh, at any level. You get the vote in the book. At a $5 level, you get your own superpower. And uh, you can just contribute there. Our next stretch goal is a non-comics media podcast, a monthly non-comics media podcast. So if you want to help us out, get to that. Go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. You can also go to ifanboy.threatless.com for our t-shirts. Our six shirts, the fanboy logo, the Herm, the Pick of the League podcast, the ratings, the Fuenas Electro, and the GDAT shirt. And we're working on the next one right now. Uh, so you can check that out. You can also don't have to get those on shirts. You can get them on any item that uh, puts items on, like a mug if you want. Um, Ro- Roosevelt was
0: born in 1858, by the way. I was off by two years. See, that's
1: Randall would have shook his head at you.
0: I know. He's, he's, he's kind of kind of a He's kind of smug about, about it, I'll it. be honest.
1: Yeah. I mean, whenever you hang out with him, he's like, you don't know. About Madison's birthday, I don't Randall. I don't know Madison's birthday. Didn't he die on July Fourth? I thought that was, uh, I thought Jefferson, that was uh, Jefferson and Adams. And Adams. I,
0: I think I think Madison. Uh, let's see. I did. Is get someone Lincoln's killing
1: race. the presidents on July
0: Fourth? No, no. I think he was. Let's see. I you was look, right about Lincoln though. 1809.
1: You, you looked it up while I keep talking. iFanboy.com slash Amazon is our new page on the website. You can you can go there. You can find all the Booksplode books we've talked about. You can find links to buy those, and you can also find a general link there. dot slash support is where you can go if you just want to throw some money via PayPal to keep the show going. As we mentioned, we are in the course of upgrading a bunch of back-end stuff that you will never see, hopefully never experience, other than making your experience better. We have switched over our, our podcast provider, which means we have to upgrade all of the players on the website, which requires lots of development money so thank you everyone who's, who's helped us out through patreon and through paypal and through amazon and through threadless because all that goes to help uh, make that happen so thanks to everyone who supports the show all
0: right madison was uh no march 16 1751 to june 28 1836 it's like i don't even know who you are anymore i don't know a lot about madison if i'm gonna be honest with you all right the unsung
1: founder yeah
0: yeah i guess i i, could, I gotta go get some books
1: hang on Brian C. from Cleveland-ish Ohio writes in and says, There's certainly a trend running through much of modern comics, superhero or otherwise, that reflects the aging population of both creators and consumers. Batman is getting married, Superman is a dad, and even the vision tried to settle down and start a family. It makes me wonder how you will, how you all see yourselves fitting into that landscape. Rather than choosing which hero or villain you're most like, I'm wondering which parental figure from comics you would say the other is most like is Connor the stand-in father Alfred is to Bruce has Josh had the good guys talk with his sons the way Jesse's father did in preacher? I don't know. I'm trying to
0: figure out how to answer this. <laughs>
1: Connor's not a father. So No, but I have done I have done the stand-in father thing. Okay. I have done that for my sister. Okay, fair enough. That's true. That's true.
0: You're very you are you're you're to me are very much a big brother.
1: I yeah I would not I mean I would not call myself a father, but I, I have done the sort of stand-in figure.
0: Yeah no to me you're you are like an like a like an excellent older brother, possibly an uncle.
1: I'll be an type. Awesome uncle yeah.
0: So, I mean that puts you in Dick Grayson territory, not to I'll not to shine your shoes too day. much. Yeah, <laughs> I but, think there's a bit of that.
1: Josh is the. um Go on. I took a sip of water there to buy some time. I don't know this answer. So I don't I'm... know either. So Al Bundy type. He's, I will he's... leave the show. <laughs> he's not a comics character. I don't know. Your kids are too young. Uh, you haven't had the good guys talk with them. I have too. You have?
0: I absolutely have. I've been having that talk with them from day one. Day one? You're wasting your time. I know, but I'm just hoping that some of it sticks. You'd be shocked what it is they remember from things that happened before. Okay, that's good. So I just thought I would start it as a theme that is ever present about good. being good guys. Excellent. Because I think that that's very important right now. Sure. But I am in no way Jesse Custer's father. <laughs> in any way. Do you remember how what a tough badass he was? Yeah. No, that's that's. What was not his you. name? Badass. Yeah, might as well. Vietnam vet. He was prankstery. He was.
1: He was Jack from This Is Us.
0: Yeah, I, I'll trust you on that. I, something about a Crock-Pot, that's all I know. Um, <laughs> it's funny, I was on my way somewhere, and, and like that had happened the day before, and, and I said to my wife who watches it, I was like, something happened to the Crock-Pot, and then she went into a 25-minute explanation, and I was like, I have to leave, and she's like, no, no, but wait, and I was like, please stop, <laughs> please. She just kept going.
1: We'll say you have aspects of Jesse's father since you were having the good guys talk with your sons all the time.
0: You know what I think about a lot in terms of characters who I ever related to? I think the way that Jeff Lemire wrote Animal Man mm-hmm. in his take on the series, I related a lot to that. I thought that that was really good. Um, he's just sort of trying to do everything, and there's a lot of things that have to be done. I don't relate so much to Jack Knight in Starman. But mm-hmm. I think about it a lot because he's a guy who's sort of it was very self involved with all this stuff in his world and, and it was a very different thing, and then having having a kid changes everything completely the other way around.
1: There you go. You're most like you're most like Jack Knight.
0: Yeah, sort of. But he's on his own.
1: Jack Knight mixed with Jesse's father from Preacher. Sure. Yeah. Again, not not so much him.
0: <laughs> well other his, than his ethos about good guys. That's what I mean. Yeah.
1: I'll go with that. That's okay. You don't have to exactly be uh, um, you know, the badass Vietnam vet, but you can also be the guy who wants his son to be good. Sure. John Custer. John Custer, yeah. John R. Custer, I feel like.
0: <laughs> I feel like he has an R.
1: You can put an R in anyone's name that it sounds better. It does. Mark you...
0: Kilpatrick. That's not right. No, that doesn't work. Adam from Indiana says, you guys have pointed out how Marvel Studios films sometimes affect the comics in terms of things like character likeness, costumes, or tone. Even so, the comics and films clearly exist in separate continuities, and neither is treated as canon that the other has to follow. The opposite is true for Marvel's Star Wars comics. Do you think it would be better if Star Wars comics could tell their own stories outside of the confines of the film canon? What if the entire comic line was considered part of Star Wars Legends? For each of you... Would it? I got annoyed when he wrote Star Wars Legends. It's not his fault, just <laughs> at the concept of it. Uh, for each of you, would it make reading Star Wars comics less enjoyable? I guess this is just for me. Or you might enjoy
1: it more if the comics and the films were officially separate.
0: It's a good question. Do you,
1: do you defer? I would read them. I read and really enjoyed Brian Wood's Star Wars series from Dark Horse. So you... Yeah, if they weren't... If they weren't officially in canon... I would probably read them, yes. Really? Yeah.
0: So the fact that they are is a turn-off to you
1: because yes. why? I li- As we discussed on the Last Jedi podcast, I like to keep Star Wars small. Okay.
0: Now, previously, before this Star Wars Legends nonsense, there was a large extended universe, which you were somewhat familiar with, which is the same thing. It's just basically they replaced all that so that the movies could do whatever because that stuff was canon, but then they just washed it off. Which, again, totally fine.
1: Did you have a problem with that then? Uh, I don't think so. Star Wars is so sprawling at this point, it's almost like you got to just, just pick and choose mm-hmm. what you're okay with. I don't really spend a lot of time worrying about Star Wars canon, if I'm being honest. I just decide to enjoy what I'm going to enjoy and not worry about the rest of it. I know it's angsty for people who are really, really into the comics. You know, all those EU things.
0: I'm in between where you are and because I like that it's all canon. I like that because it's Marvel and DC, like they're doing something that's sort of coordinated and they have to think about it. And I liked that the books, you know, I liked were all canon for a while. Like liked that the Thrawn story was a real thing where until they had to get rid of it so they could tell their own movies. Yeah, no, I liked it at the time, but then it got too sprawling, you know? Yes. But but the thing is, it's the same time. Then you pick and choose. You say, I don't need to know all this. Sure, for sure. And also, I don't care if they contradict themselves because it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And and which which is which is the way that you and I certainly have developed, in as comic readers. Like we
1: understand that realistically, I mean, there's some things that they have to get right, but there are other things like who gives a shit. For sure, and I think for what I've de- what I decided as as all these things were happening with Star Wars, like. You know, I just don't, I don't need to read those things. I, the level of enjoyment is not there that's going to counteract the level of annoyance. And so I don't, you know, I just don't do it. I, I can do it in comics because I've been doing it for so long, and comics are a different beast than Star Wars, and it's fine. I read all those books in the 90s. I read from Thrawn on through when Chewie died, and I read everything in between, and all the tales of the bounty hunters and rogue squadron and tales from the canteen. I, love, I loved all that stuff. But I think I might have gotten overloaded on it. So I just, I just chose to go the other way now.
0: Oh, I had the same moment. I remember I was in the middle of either the second or third Rogue Squadron novel. And I went, nope. And I <laughs> never read another book. Yeah. I went, we're, we've gone too far. But I loved, I loved that those Tales books were officially part of the story. Sure. In the yeah, absolutely. So it can go either way. I would prefer this rather than hither, thither. Nothing, nothing matters.
1: Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters.
0: Yep. I don't want more of that. Because then you don't know what is supposed to matter. At least this we do, if you care to know.
1: So we're split. You're saying if they were outside of continuity, you would enjoy them less, and I said I would probably enjoy them more.
0: Uh-huh. Well, there you go. There you go.
1: Contact at iFanboy.com. That's how you get on the show. Adam and Brian, thank you for writing in.
0: Yes. Let us go to the plugs about our other podcasts, shall we? Uh, I did a conversation with Scotty Young, which was our December Talks which came out at the very end of January. Yes. I recognize that, and I'm not <laughs> gonna apologize, but I recognize it. We've got another one coming out for you next week. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, because he told you there's an announcement. Uh, i talked to Rob Guillory, artist on Chew, and a new upcoming project that he will have talked about by the time our show is released. So if you like what he says about that, and you wanna come back for more of it, Rob and I talked for uh, about an hour uh, about the book and his career and about Chew, and I, I really like Rob, so I look forward to sharing that with people.
1: I think you should listen even if you don't like what the announcement is because maybe you'll find it interesting.
0: Yeah. We don't talk about the book the whole time because I can't tell you anything about it. So, y- you know, you could just, because you like Rob Giller, you like Chew.
1: Right behind this show on the feed, you can find A, our Black Panther show in which the Animated Brain Trust assembled to talk about a live action film. Well, although it's it's a superhero movie, so much of it is not live action. Uh, and also, the Animated Brain Trust talked about Batman Gotham by Gaslight. You can find that on the feed you know, a couple shows back. So special shows. We got talk explodes, we got movie reviews, we got cartoon reviews coming at you. And then there'll be a book explode February? Is, is, is this the month for a book
0: No, we just No, I did a talk explode. We have a book explode
1: next month, March. Oh, that's right. March. Phew. All right. Yeah, no, you're good. You're throwing the schedule off, threw me off.
0: I'm not apologizing. I've made that clear.
1: I looked at the calendar and got real worried that we had two weeks to do
0: a books book. We we did Iceman in January. We're going to do another book in March. We'll let you guys know what it is when we know. Obviously, we don't even know when it is, so don't (laughs) hold your breath. You can find all the shows
1: uh, at Com.
0: So, very obviously, head over to ifanboy.com to find all that stuff. You want to find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. Uh, You can like us on facebook.com slash ifanboy or at ifanboy on Twitter. You can also be a patron because we tell you about that stuff over there, too, uh, at patreon.com slash ifanboy. I'm chewing my words up here. I'm sorry. Find out. uh, Follow us individually at J.F.Lanigan on Twitter and Instagram or at CSGilpatrick on Instagram. Those are the social media links that yeah. I think we've explained.
1: And if you'd like to share a review on iTunes, please, or leave a star rating. It's it's simple, just one click and you're done. And it helps people find the podcast. And we think everyone has done that. Even better than that, just tell people about it. Tell your friends who read comics, tell your mom, tell the cop when he pulls you over for speeding. <laughs> I was speeding, but also, have you heard the pick of the week podcast? License registration, sir. I, I don't. License registration, sir. But have you heard sir? about it? I mean, I'm going to need you to step out of the car. <laughs> but hold on. They talk about the Ah click. So help, and then when you're in the prison, you can spread the spread the word around there too. We'll take any listeners. So uh, help spread the I by love all around, even in local lockup. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. See you next week. Goodbye.
0: listeners like you <laughs> Whoa! what the fuck was that the the arm of my chair that is adjustable uh, apparently it does not bear weight if
1: you move it into an upper <laughs> position sounded worse than it was <laughs> and then josh fell over hit his head and i didn't know what to do <laughs>
0: josh josh can you hear me <gasps>